It's not that I'm not afraid of ghosts. It's that I'm too afraid of too many things that are still alive to worry about the dead. This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Hello, fellow survivors. Joe here. Still surviving. I mean, good news. We were able to get back on the highway, past the part they destroyed. So we're back on track to Chicago. Farking fark fuck. Okay. Joe back with a new location update. The highway was destroyed further along. Awesome. Great. But now we're traveling along a highway that was next to the one we were on before and farking hell to fuck. Really? Another location update. Cause the last one they they managed to rip up I don't know how much of the road I uh. Anyway, we're now on a side road to the side highway and gosh damn it. Oh, okay. Okay. Right now, me and the group are going through a debate. Well, I use debate loosely. It's mostly Scout throwing out ridiculousness to combat Jihan's rationalities. And Elliot's just watching while quietly knitting. Either way, it's about whether to stick to the map quest maps or figure out another highway that hopefully maybe heads to Chicago. I guess we just follow the signs, but... Well, I voted for option C. C for creative. Not chicken, like Scout said. We find somewhere and hide out for a good, long while and let the men get as far away as humanly possible before heading back out. Like, that sex commune, but no men at all. So, I guess, like, Wonder Woman's Island... But I'd be required to exercise, wouldn't I? Oof. That's not gonna work out. So, like... Like... Where is that group of women headed? Huh. Gee? Location update? Waiting while Jihoon checks out a possible safe space. Not the kind of people on the internet used to get mad about, but a, a maybe place for us to hunker down in for a bit. When I saw the group of smiling, excited women traveling along on the side road, I, I wanted to say, I'll have what she's having. But before I could make the joke, a scout ran after them, almost forgetting to put away her axes until Jihoon glared and made the put those away or you'll frighten them motion. Because there is a motion. Scout did, and then asked them where they were going. They answered with <laughs> with that same matter-of-fact tone that my woo-woo friends used while explaining the difference between my star sign and my rising sign. Yeah, that tone. In that tone, they told Scout, without a hint of sarcasm, 
that they were going to the place where no one ever died. I was interested, as long as it took me to realize that being immortal in the apocalypse sounded way worse than dying in the apocalypse. Wastelands and MRE constipation. Forever. Scott was just like, okay, good luck with that. Until one of them mentioned the hotel they were going to stay at. For several days. Like a full-functioning hotel. So, (laughs) rather than all four of us wander into a possible trap or a Motel 6 pretending to be fancy, Chiyun went to check it out with them. (laughs) Because if they try and jump her, well, they'll all wish they were in a city where they could die. Ooh, ooh, oh, probably Jihoon with an update. Unless it's a certain someone. Nope, nope, nope. No crushes. (laughs) No crushes. Whoa. Jihoon was not kidding. I don't think she knows how. Uh, But she said we should come check it out. But not to stay there, but... Well, the way she described it... It... it, I'm gonna call it now. I think she found a cult. And, like, from her description, a a still-functioning cult. The irony that a group of people that want to die in the apocalypse actually made it. Maybe they're accepting that they didn't make the cut for the rapture. (laughs) Don't worry, culties. Uncle Jeffrey definitely didn't make it in over you all. So, here's the deal. I bet Elliot a whole day of rations that this was totally a cult. And I think I won. First thing we walked under was a sign that says, Assembly of the City of Light. Like, either they're really into Paris, or they're a farking cult. Am I right? Okay, not exactly a cult, but close enough that Elliot agreed to split the bag of salt and vinegar chips that was at the bottom of the cart. They ate their half real fast. (laughs) But after what we witnessed, I think we'd all rather hide out in our tents for a week than hunker down here. Though I think Scout would do that anyway. So, okay, we got past the sign. I started asking why Jihoon brought us here, and she was like... I couldn't be the only one who witnessed this interesting city and smirked. Not half smile, smirked. And then, and then, not two seconds later, was there a stream of middle-aged ladies who definitely looted a cold water creek at the end of the world. And before I could ask or, or even wonder how there were so many of them alive in one place, G got us to follow them. And follow them to the cult meeting. Ha! Okay, Elliot overheard me say cult, so I'll say pseudo-cult meeting? Okay. There didn't seem to be any sort of leader masquerading as the second coming of God, so I guess they've got me on that one. Actually, their opening prayer was just directed at God and sounded very Christian. But they, they started going about the spiel about not stepping in front of the psychics during the reading because it will disrupt the connection or something like that. <sighs> Looks like while everyone else farking died, all the people who can speak to the dead kept on going. I've... I've talked to these people before. So I guess it's not fair that I keep saying cult. They've called my show a couple of times... 
to tell me they were being contacted by a non-existent relative of mine or had a clear image of a dead friend that wasn't dead. But, hey, people are into this stuff, and there was a crowd. Seriously. Enough of a crowd for us to hide in the back and see everything but not be noticed. She really wanted to stick around, and I started to understand why. It's been a while since we've had live entertainment. For instance, one woman got up and started telling this other woman that she had seen how her husband had died and started describing how she was hearing the, the crunching noises. Scout whispered to me that her husband had died being eaten by a giant, and I had to try not and giggle. Then Scout had to try not to snort when it turned out the woman's husband died of heart disease. Oof. But then... Even more, oh my god, an even more eccentric woman, I'm not kidding, in a leopard print dress, walked up in seven-inch heels through the sand to the stage. She was probably my favorite because not only did she have more dramatic gestures than a magician swatting a bee, but she also managed to correctly identify strangely specific ways a few people's relatives had died. Not that it makes me believe, but, but, for instance, she got one guy who survived not one, but two lightning strikes, though the third was not the charm, and even guessed, predicted, I don't even know how, but that a guy's wife had died from rabies from a squirrel. Like, she guessed the squirrel part, too. Huh? Anyway, we're gonna just check out their, like, gift shop convenience store thing and see if there's anything worthwhile before heading out. But we gotta leave before one of them tells us about Xenu or lizard people or whatever they worship. Hey, whoa, wait, where did Elliot go? We're still at the light assembly or whatever because Elliot wanted to get a reading. Not the kind they usually do in the library, but the psychic kind. Okay, I, I, I should stop making fun. If it's what Elliot wants, then fine. And also, these woo-woo ladies are doing business. Enough to still survive, enough to bring in droves of people for some reason. And I guess if ghosts are real well, then they're getting bothered more than ever before. What I noticed walking down the street was that they were making a killing before. Hopefully not literally, because that feels like cheating. But there were signs saying readings for anywhere from $50 to to 100 Like, I don't know, if they got lottery numbers, that'd be a good investment. But anyway, this is how it all went down with Elliot's reading. So... Turns out it seems like the mediums used to, of course, use money, but they started taking food or, or seeds to plant or services. Elliot had gone walking down the street to try and find one of the places on this Victorian, picturesque hotel art-looking street and did manage to find one with an open sign. And when we caught up with them, they begged us to let them use one of the MRE packets for a reading. And Jean was not happy about it, but conceded. Elliot doesn't ask for much, besides libraries and craft stores, and even then they don't beg. So, we went in the place that had the open sign. Inside, 
I found a woman named Gretchen. Not Madame Mysterio or Fiona Flames. Just Gretchen. And with the name like that, I guess I shouldn't have gotten my hopes up that Gretchen would have put on more of a show like The Lady in Heels, but nothing. No crystals, no floating table. She just talked to Elliot. Like, explained that mediums can either hear or feel or, or, or see the dead and that she tends to sense them, which really looked like to me like she was fidgeting like she had to pee and playing with her hair a lot, but okay. And I didn't get a chance to ask Elliot why they were so keen on a reading, and, and, and I was even more confused as to why when the medium started pinching her clothes and and was like... I see someone with a rat, a white rat in their arms, and Elliot started crying. Like, burst into tears. Not the first time I'd ever seen Elliot cry. During their period, they'd cried because they'd seen their first raccoon in ages and thought it was cute. But this was... first funeral, or... or first time seeing the newest Pixar movie level of crying. So Scout, Jihoon, and I slowly stepped out of the room to give them some space, and sat in the living room, all quietly wondering if Elliot was crying about the person or the rat. Even more awkward than the silence was when we went back in. The medium tried to milk us for more MREs or whatever else she was looking for and made the mistake, the near-fatal mistake, of locking onto Jihoon and was like, I'm sensing someone next to you, a man, an older Asian man, perhaps your father, and was caught off by G being like, the best thing about the dead is they're not supposed to speak. Gotcha. Oh, fuck, I lost it. Not not that I'm uh, eagerly looking for anyone that might be uh, on the radio, possibly talking, possibly reading something out. I'm not looking for anything like that at all. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Location update? There's a second meeting today, and it's at the Magic Stump. You're not allowed to stand on the Magic Stump, but you can gather around it. Whatever makes you happy. Location update? Looks like we're staying the night. Elliot was really exhausted from crying and requested that we stay and Jihoon was like of course and began following the signs for the hotel I think she has a bit of a soft spot for Elliot especially whenever they get hurt or run down because I think if I had asked the same thing I'd been told to suck it up nicely we actually managed to score a nice room for cheap not even using Scout's usual social worker skills or Jihoon's Jihoon skills but Elliot managed to trade a knitted pouch for tarot cards to one of the hotel workers. Once we were all settled in, they explained what happened with the medium. The rat was a real rat that is really dead. And they had a feeling about the rat, but the person holding the rat 
was their sorta kinda ex slash long distance partner, Morgan. They'd been together during undergrad and then they quote unquote sorta kinda broke up slash took a break slash still Skyped every weekend when Morgan went off to free grad school in Germany. Queers are very, very bad at breaking up. But because they still loved them, they agreed to take care of their rat Hercules while they were gone and grew to love the rat quite a bit. Which, all of this, especially the the ex-girlfriend that's not really your ex, all of it made sense. The part that confused me was that I thought they liked cats, not rats. But I got corrected when I made a comment about it, and they were like, Joe, you're not the only one that likes more than one of something. Someone's been spending time around a certain snarky redneck. Okay, okay. I'm a realistic person. I know there's no scientific proof of an afterlife, but... I'm really, really curious. Elliot seemed to really get something out of the reading, and and I, I have to know... Or... Have some sort of... I don't know. I'm just wondering if I'm on this highway chasing ghosts. I don't want to know so badly that I'll go wandering into the town at this hour, but... Just enough to go knock on the hotel door of the lady in heels who I just ran into while using the bathroom. Okay. Doesn't matter what I believe. That was rough. Not sure if... Forget I tell you all everything anyway. Why stop now? Okay. Let's start with the easy stuff. I knew the lady in heels was odd after seeing her at the not-cult meeting, but... Oh, man, did I pick the weirdo of the psychic weirdos. In her case, uh, I'd probably have her on a weird like me, but not for being a medium, but for, well... For a particular interest she has. I uh, noticed it when she had hung a hyper-realistic chicken painting on her door... And then when she opened her door and let me into her hotel room, it was covered, like, I'm not kidding, every surface could have them, had a bunch of porcelain chickens. I kept waiting for there to be a live chicken as a pet, but no, which is somehow even weirder. But I didn't ask, just moved over some chicken-shaped pillows and sat in the wicker patio furniture that seemed to be the only furniture in her hotel room. Well... After giving her an MRE and explaining the situation, chairs didn't float and the candles didn't mysteriously blow out, but the first name she arrived at was Cheryl. As in the name of my ex-girlfriend. I thought these readings were supposed to bring you peace. Of all the dead people not to leave me the Fark alone, of course it was Cheryl! Not that I believe. But if it was Cheryl, which it wasn't, she was being weirdly sweet, saying that she forgives me for my mistakes, which is like, okay, so uh, leave it to her to be passive-aggressive from the grave. I was too flicked up about her using this weird chicken lady to make post-death jabs at me that I didn't even register that someone I cared about is, has, been, dead? Not that I believe. Okay. Now the tough part. 
It makes it feel real if I talk about it, but I'm not ready to tell the others, so this feels safer. Okay. After Cheryl, she brought up the name I was worried she would bring up. The name I had tried not to think about. Gina. She brought up Gina. I instantly started crying. I... I do my best not to cry too often. Just for the fact that it dehydrates you. Nothing to do with me not wanting to feel weak in front of Gina or anything. For a woman who deals with people... Dealing with dead people. She's pretty deadpan about me sobbing in front of her. She went on to say that she loves me very much. And that she hopes I'm doing my best without her. I almost logicked myself out of crying because I realized how generic that was and that this was maybe her getting lucky twice, but... She started telling stories from our childhood. Some stories from the times my parents adopted her and I and I I spent so much time trying to teach her cursive when she absolutely didn't need to know it. And how we would pass notes to each other in cursive on the playground. And I d d Honey is from bees and sting me so sweet for the sweet I gave you, and there was no reason to give it all. I have my own brain. Not yet cynical, not yet tame, but the same kind of frame you like to remain in the dark of the soil of the tide out there behind your turned up chin, the way from the outskirts of water pulled up like pajamas from the ocean bed. You like to call us normal, whatever this, whatever us means. What an odd word, us. The thought that you can predict or own or save some sort of algorithm in your depth of a particular time or all-knowing place already determined by some fate you think you're privy to? I've been trying I've been trying to find you all day <laughs> Of course you show up now You're making it really hard not to read into this <laughs> There is no word us It's not even a gist It is a fist in the unexist of some planetary cyst, a cough or a line dropped by the actor who does insist he have his time lopped. Get me back out of your air. There's a tired hair under it. Damn it. I was enjoying that. Let me try and adjust. down the street. It's Martin.
Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronvier. The voice of the artist is Pearl Paramadaluk. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our audio editor is Rory Strawn Mock. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. It's totally a bribe. Please let us bribe you. As extra encouragement, we've started reading out some of our favorite reviews. Here's a five-star review from Johnny Rotten. Do yourself a big favor and give this bad boy a listen. It has everything you need from a post-apocalyptic story. There's great acting, a fast-moving narrative, and laughs at every twist and turn. I get super excited when a notification pops up with news of a brand new episode, and hopefully, you will too. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast where you can get bonus content for supporting us with your money. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. If you fall down a manhole, please go to a hospital and let a professional move you from that poor man's butthole. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.